Lynn Hiles Ministries presents Dr. Lynn Hiles That You Might Have Life. And here's your host, Dr. Lynn Hiles. Welcome back again to the program this week, and I trust that you have been tuning in every week. I know that we are new to several networks, and you may be seeing us for the first time. But we thank you for taking the time to just stop and listen for a few moments. And I believe we could be a blessing to you. And I have with me today, I am Dr. Lynn Hiles, by the way, and uh, I'm the host of That You Might Have Life. And But I have with me today a very special guest, a man I've known for a number of years. And uh, it is Bishop Jamie Englehart. And it is really good to have you on the program today. He's going to bless you, your sir. heart. Uh, he is the, the presiding bishop of the Heritage International Ministries, which is an acronym for him, H-I-M. He also is the pastor of the Connection with an X. Connection is, has an X in it, and uh, it is in Saginaw, Michigan. And if you are anywhere near Saginaw, Michigan, you owe it to yourself to go by their church and be with them in a service sometime. And uh, there will be information about his website and the location and contact information on the screen where you can contact Bishop Jamie. But it's good to have you back on the set with me, Bishop. Thank you, my friend. It's good to be here. What we were talking about in the last segment, we're going to continue this conversation is we were talking about the present reality of the kingdom of God. And I believe the message that Jesus preached more than anything else, every time he would get up, he would say the kingdom of God is like, and he would liken it to real world stuff. It's like a marriage of a king's son. It's like a woman who took leaven and hid it in three measures of meal until the whole thing was leaven. Uh, the kingdom is like a man who sowed good seed in the field. And so he was giving um, real world examples of what the kingdom was like to try to bring an understanding to the minds of these Jewish people who were looking for the kingdom to appear, and many of them thought the kingdom of God would immediately appear. And in fact, it was appearing, it just wasn't appearing like they had preconceived ideas about. Because the kingdom of God was in fact on the scene when John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the, uh, the, uh, the sin of the world. And when Jesus sees Je or when John sees Jesus, walking down over the bank of the Jordan River, uh, he says, be, uh, repent, which simply means change the way you think because the kingdom is at hand. We're probably going to run some footage somewhere in the near future where I'm teaching on that very text, but he's talking about the kingdom is within your grasp. It is at hand. It is available to you simply by changing the way you think. And I did a whole series called the government of affirmation that I talk about uh, a simple mind shift will give you access to the kingdom. And then when Jesus begins to preach the kingdom, he said, the kingdom of God is not just at hand, but it is within you. And we were talking about in the last segment how the, the kingdom is very organic. It is, uh, it is not just about a call to preach. Uh, I think sometimes many people have been felt disenfranchised or felt yes. like they're not fulfilling their calling you know, if they're not in a pulpit ministry or yep. a singing ministry and that they're not part of the kingdom. But we began to teach this some, some years ago, uh, you know, but even when my kids were little and we started teaching, you know, that, listen, you don't have to be in the ministry to be, you know, in the kingdom. And we have now in our family doctors and, and uh, you know, we have in our family dental hygienists and, and we have politicians in our church and we have uh, chief financial officers. We have business people because the kingdom is in the marketplace. It's yes, in sir. the music industry, you know, and I don't know if I 
I can say this or not, but I, I've really enjoyed it. And I would like to meet this guy one day. I, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on TV or not, but I watched Pharrell Williams, you know, yeah. on The Voice. And I love this guy. There's something about him that has somewhere been around the things of God because I watch him when he's encouraging some of these singers and he's saying to them, listen, you learn to sing in church. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, so he said, take them to church tonight. You know, he said, the reason the people are drawn to you is because they feel something when you sing. The anointing's mm -hmm. there. Yep. And, uh, and so, you know, they would sing and bring the house down. And I, if you're listening for real, I'd like to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> I've got some friends, I think, to sing back up for him. But, uh, but you know, somebody like that to, that's infecting the music industry, and I don't know his life. I don't know everything about him, so don't yeah. write me no hate mail about it. <laughs> uh, but I, what I'm simply saying is, is that I had prophesied over another guy one time, and I won't say who this guy was, but I, I prophesied over him in a church. He was young, and I said, you're going to have a major recording contract, but not in gospel music. It's going to be in country music. The guy won one of the major talent contracts. I won't say his name just in case he wouldn't want me to. And he won, you know, the $5 million contract and, and uh, is, uh, is a singer. And uh, people would probably get upset about that, that I've said that prophesied over him. But, you know, the thing of it is, I believe God wants people in the entertainment industry. Yes, sir. I believe he wants people in the business world. God help us to get some people in politics. Come on. <laughs> and I'm not talking about overthrow the government, but I am talking about using godly principles, and it creates a whole kingdom culture yep. that becomes the salt and the light and the influence. The influence is more powerful uh, than anything else. And so I think that it's, the kingdom of God is so practical. We got this mystical idea of, and you know what? Our enemy and people and, and everything doesn't care as long as we believe this is for one of these days when we go to heaven. But when it becomes a message yep. that says, this affects how I run my marriage, how I handle my finances, uh, how I do business and everything, then the kingdom is involved and it is uh, everywhere yes, sir. inside of us. And it, it, because it's in us, then it's effective. And I'm not talking about some, you know, like we're going to overthrow the government and all this kind of stuff, passing up laws to make people believe what we believe. Because if it was about passing laws, Bishop, <laughs> Moses had plenty of them. Yes, sir. But that couldn't make people change. No. But, uh, but something that affects the hearts and, and becomes something that lives inside of you yep. will affect everything around you. Yes, sir. Well, you cannot legislate morality. Uh, whether whether we want to do it or not, yeah. And 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 we even look at where really a lot of our a lot of our country started. I mean, when it came to politics, a major portion of the people that signed the Declaration of Independence there was there was some kind of gospel yeah. that a major portion of them had. Most of the you know most of the major universities that are the most famous ones today started yeah. as seminaries. Yeah. You know, I mean, there there was a day where the, the you know the the more culture of more kingdom, or at least Christianity, was in our American culture enough. And uh, you know, not uh, there's a whole myth sometimes of just the you know a Christian nation, but uh, but it was there enough to where you know if you were a believer, it, it wasn't even that you had to sign a contract. Your word uh, was good. You know, mm -hmm. I, I remember uh, my son when he was uh, a teenager. Uh, he had a, a hardcore band, you know, they were, uh, you know, kind of screaming and stuff, you know, which, uh, you know, first concert I went to, I turned to my wife and I said, we are originally old. I, you know, <laughs> I all of a sudden feel like I have no idea what is going on. And, uh, but, you know, we love our kids. We supported them. And, and I remember we, they had had someone that had called them about like wanting them to, you know, maybe sign, you know, uh, to be artist. And they came to me and talked to me about it. And it was, it was like a Christian type label and manager and stuff like that. And I said to him, I said, well, do you guys want to be known as a Christian band? W would that, 
would that like pigeonhole you to a certain audience? I said, or would you rather be Bono? You know, I mean, I mean, would you rather be, you know, like a U2 that has incredible influence, uh, who is no doubt not only a believer, but I mean, in the kingdom, helping all kinds of people. And, you know, some people will think he has two liberal views, you know, whatever. But I mean, to be able to have the influence, because the, the purpose for the kingdom is to influence the culture. It's, it's, it's not just sitting there to hide us in church so that we're protected from this horrible world out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, the, the, the way I was the way I was raised, especially the classical Pentecostal church, and uh, you know, this is not being critical of that. It, it's what we knew. Yeah, it was it was so much about uh, you know, like I, I hardly ever remember a message. Uh, when I went to like youth camp or a youth convention about, you know, God's called you to change the world. Mm -hmm. It was pretty much, you know, stay away from this, stay away from that. Try to live holy and righteous enough that maybe when Jesus comes, you might be one of the lucky ones, Mm -hmm. you know, that actually, actually make it in. And, And so there was never any purpose that was birthed. There was never any passion about, you know, why am I here on the planet? And, and I mean, this, this is a culture right now, this younger generation, and they want to change the world, and mm-hmm. and they don't have just a, a county or state or an American view because of the internet. Uh, now they have more of a world view, and and it's like, you know, we, we want to go transform the world, uh, and and that's the part. And 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 I think we've missed the point. You know, when Jesus, you know, when Jesus said that He's the Savior of the world, mm-hmm. it's not the Savior from the world. Say you that know, again. It, it, it's true. And you know, the, the 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 Jews, the Jews had a mindset called Tikkun Olam. And the Tikkun Olam to the Jews was that when the Messiah would come, he would renovate the earth, that there would be a, a transformation. The kingdom of God would transform or renovate the earth. And, and Jesus being the savior of the world rather than from the world, for some reason, I think we've interpreted that, that he's just here to save us from it. And we've got to stay away from the world rather than go into it. So most of the sermons when I was young was stay away from the world. And, and, Except that Jesus says that I didn't pray that you take them absolutely. out of the world. Hello. You, you know. Absolutely. And 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 but what would happen with that, you know, I, and I remember looking looking back now and realizing that what would happen with that is is they would pretty much a lot of times teach this, stay away from the world because what is on the world then may get on you. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like and we didn't say it, but it was almost like we were saying, you know, the world and the devil is more powerful than the Holy Spirit in you. Mm-hmm. And and so rather than teaching us who we are and what we had in Christ and the resident king and kingdom that was more powerful. It was this mindset of uh, what's on them is going to get on you. And what they should have been teaching us Come is on. what's on us is going to get on Come them. On. And so it was a total different mindset. And that's where, you know, I've tried to shift that now with how I've raised my kids and now another generation being raised up. And, and it's not that all of that in itself was wrong or bad, but, but so much of us have mainly only heard and, and I like to practically teach it, and it didn't just come from me, uh, kind of one of my uh, kind of uh, apostolic grandfathers in the faith. Uh, he came and did a summit for us a couple of years ago for uh, a group of guys connected to me all in the gospel of the kingdom that was absolutely phenomenal. And, and we all sat down, and man, we've been discussing this now, because I've been preaching it for more than 20 years. I know you have even longer than that. Uh, but it, it, the real practical side of it, of, of the definition of like gospel of church, like compared to gospel of the kingdom, because most most of what we as Americans, especially in the Western culture and and, and a lot of places around the world that we imported our gospel to, mm-hmm. they've mainly heard uh, more of a gospel of the church yeah. that was just about 
about church, and, and I believe in the church, I love the church, I'm called to the church, I'm part of the church. Uh, this is not an anti-church yep. uh, uh, rant at all, but we get so caught yep. up on what goes on inside those four walls that we forget the purpose of the coming together is the training, equipping, and impartation to then take the gospel out. Mm -hmm. I think that's incredibly powerful. And you know, one of the things that I noticed even is that, you know, when you start to teach like this, for instance, and you start teaching people, listen, uh, you know, what's in your heart is probably your dream. Yes. It's probably what God put in you. You know, again, I, I I, I, I don't think he'd mind me saying this, but uh, Scott McGregor that uh, pitched for the Baltimore Orioles back in the 80s uh, mm -hmm. was a friend of ours, and he came here one time and, and taught at a, uh, a youth camp. And it was one of, the, it's one of the most impacting messages I ever heard. Hmm. And he was saying, listen, he said uh, to the to kids at this youth camp, this has been a number of years ago, he said, uh, how do you know what God wants you to do? And uh, he said, here's how I do. It's what makes your eyes light up. And he said, all I wanted to do was throw a baseball. And he said, I threw that baseball until I threw it very well. And then God has used that baseball for the kingdom of God for many years. I think he's still back in baseball right now, but, and I hope he don't mind me sharing his story a little bit there. But uh, the thing of it is, is that what makes people's eyes light up is not always the same thing. But what happens is this, Jamie, I begin to see this even. When we started making it where everybody don't have to be a preacher. Right. You know, and that we put force them in places they were never called to be to start out with. Yes, sir. And we put them in places where they makes their eyes light up, they thrive. But secondly, and this is very practical, but you know, and every preacher that's watching us know that the biggest struggle we have in ministry, whether it's television ministry, whether it's church ministry, is finances. Yep. But when you start teaching people, listen, if God called you to medicine, go into medicine. Come on. If God called you to business, go to business. But remember that the, the seek first the kingdom of God, so the kingdom's still the central. What happens is when you start raising a generation that's not all preachers, and they are entertainers. They are baseball players. Come on. They are uh, businessmen. Mm -hmm. They are doctors. They are lawyers. Guess what happens to your finances if they follow the kingdom in their heart? Come and I'm on. not talking about some legalistic thing, but yep. I'm talking about remembering that the focal point here is the kingdom. Yes, sir. Then all of a sudden, even in the area of finances, stuff changes. And so the revenue even begins to shift. And, and uh, because God caught, listen, I, 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 I sometimes think, Lord, listen, I, you, if you want to let somebody else preach and me go make money, but you know what? The problem is you can't do both of them most of the time because it steals your heart. Yep. And sometimes you can. I'm not yep. saying you can't, but it can steal your heart. But I'm like, I'm like most of the point saying, okay, Lord, let somebody else do this because I could care less about the spotlight, <laughs> right. you know, and let me just go, you know, make money to support the kingdom or whatever. But I, I believe that that's all stuff that's all we don't realize at every level of it is important. It's true. You know, I think even with the Reformation and Luther, when he came on the scene, he began to restore, when R Luther began to preach the just shall live by faith, he began to tell people, listen, you can glorify God, not just by being a priest or a monk in a seminary, but in the context of life, you can be, by being a good husband, by serving your family, by raising your children right, that that, give, give, that gave life meaning yep. in the context of faith and to us, that's probably a pretty common concept, but that was, that was absolutely revolutionary. Absolutely. And then when they started to bring that Reformation, then they realized that you could paint paintings outside of these religious paintings. And then great artworks came and mm -hmm. the industry began to be birthed. And see, what we believe affects everything. 
I, I, I watched the History Channel one time of all the stuff that the Reformation affected, even prosperity, our, our discovery of the new world, our, yep. our, our plight to have freedom to worship like we want. All of that was birthed out of yep. God beginning to bring restoration and reformation. To me, that's the yep. kingdom of God as it continues to unfold. Well, and I love, and, and, and I may probably quote this wrong because I don't have it written down, but, you know, the Chariots of Fire, mm -hmm. you know, which is a classic movie. And, and, you know, the man in it that's a believer, and, and, and he makes the statement, uh, someone asked him, you know, about running in the Olympics and why you run. He said, when I run, I have great joy and pleasure. You know, like, like God made me to run, yeah. and, and it produces this joy and makes pleasure. Makes light up. Yeah, and, and it's like, for people, we have so much, as you've said, we've so many times pigeonholed people to if you're in ministry, it's like I said, you either had to preach, uh, teach, or sing, or deek. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you might you might be able to be a deacon, or and they might, were mama called and papa said absolutely, <laughs> and and or you might be able to be an uh, an usher or an usher, you know, or you know, <laughs> someone that helps ministry, and and all that's needed yeah. when it comes to the church, uh, for for the body as a corporate setting, as an ecclesia, a mm -hmm. group of individuals to gather together. Uh, but but the truth is, most people don't live in that setting. Mm -hmm. They they live eight hours a day or more in the marketplace, and to teach them how to how to flow in the gifts in the marketplace. That when they're in business, God wants to be able to give them words of knowledge on who to partner with and who not to partner yeah. with, and who to pray for and who not. You know, I mean, it's yeah. just there's so much. And and uh, we, we've got a, a lady in, a lady in our church. And uh, she had been like more of a, a prayer intercessor lady in a few churches for years. And she started coming in, into our ministry. And I mean, I saw this teaching gift on her right away. And, and so I started kind of placing a demand on her to teach. And she always knew she had it. But after hearing the kingdom for three years, she came up to me not too long ago and she said, you know what? She said, I always had in the back of my mind that if I had this grace to teach on me, I had to be Joyce Meyer. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like, and, and almost like I will never be successful unless like I'm on TV and teaching like a Joyce Meyer or if I'm in some kind of pulpit ministry. And she said, I've realized now hearing this message of the kingdom, she said that all these years, she said she has a business on the side where, where she's a personal trainer and does different stuff. And she said, all these years I've been doing the kingdom work. I've been teaching all these people, yeah. and because it wasn't in front of people in the setting, she said, "I've been, I've been discipling and pouring into people and and praying for them and teaching them kingdom principles in the marketplace." And she said, "All of a sudden, I lost my desire to have to be like that person in the pulpit." And she said, "I'm thrilled when you still schedule me and 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 I get to do it, but I realize that that's not my main purpose and calling." And it's like, man, when if we can ever get out of people's brains. You know that that is the only kingdom success. Yeah. Uh, then I mean I think yeah. that's when we're going to start turning the world upside down because we're going to have people that stay in their lane. Yeah. Rather than you know people. I mean you know we both preach for people through the years that were wonderful people, but th they probably should be selling cars. Yeah. You know <laughs> yeah. and 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 then we've yeah. all and nothing wrong with selling yeah. cars. Yeah. You yeah. Know? yeah. Uh, but then we've also met some people selling cars that probably should be preaching. Yeah. And and you know I remember I remember years ago. Uh, you know, we, we used to go, uh, my, my spiritual mother uh, was Dr. Fuchsia Pickett. And, you know, Mama Pickett was one of the phenomenal women of God. Uh, but she was also Mama to, to Dr. Miles Monroe, who mm -hmm. went to be with Lord here not too long ago. And I'm, I, remember, I remember going to his conference in the Bahamas and him, and him uh, you know, him unfolding the kingdom and making a statement one time. He said, 
you know, our, our, our kingdom purpose uh, and our, our place in life is, is, is so determined. Uh, our position is determined by our purpose. Mm-hmm. And when we have people that are trying to be in positions that is not their purpose, they're also frustrated, yeah. but they're also in the way than of someone else's purpose. And, and I think because of, of a lot of the way we've presented many times the gospel, we have people that are in all kinds of places and positions that don't fit. And they're frustrated there and don't know why. They're frustrating other people that are connected to them in their why. And, and we've, we've made this thing of, I mean, I have a lot of my friends who have a real grace and anointing for business and ministry. Yeah. But the way we taught ministry in church was it was either or. Yeah. There was no both and. I mean, you know, you, you couldn't you couldn't do this yeah. even though even though that's how the apostles functioned. I mean, yeah. Paul was a tent maker, he had a business and he functioned over, over here in ministry and for some reason it's like you had a lack of faith if you had a business on the side yeah. or you had a job on the yeah. side, but that's really how the apostolic church yeah. first functioned because their mindset was we don't want to just hide in here with Christians. We need to be able to be affecting the world around us. And we can only do that by being around unbelievers. We, we have to be around the world to affect the world. And, and we've almost been taught to hide away mm-hmm. uh, in our churches. You know, uh, J- Jesus, you know, Jesus uh, as, as well as then the Apostle Paul, mainly taught four things about the kingdom. He taught to seek the kingdom. Uh, he taught to see the kingdom, enter the kingdom, and then inherit the kingdom. You know, I remember years ago doing a series on this, and I said, first of all, you got to seek the kingdom, then you get to see what you saw, then you enter what you seen and what you saw, then you inherit what you entered, what you seen and what you saw. You know, and, and that once we once we seek the kingdom, that that's the whole thing of really salvation. I mean, I mean, you know, I'm I'm finding Christ, if you may, but then we're born again, and allowing us to be born again allows us to perceive the kingdom. We now we see it. There's the revelation of it because the kingdom is here. It's not only in us, but you know the original Greek there is it's in us and around us. Mm-hmm. It's all among us. But then we enter the kingdom, and enter the kingdom isn't just getting saved. Yeah. You know, we never stop entering the kingdom. You know, Peter, uh, I think Peter put it like this he, when he's talking uh, about add to your faith, uh, virtue, add to this, add to this. And then he goes on to say, he said, for make, be diligent to make your calling and your election sure. For if you do, the King James says you'll never fall. I think the NIV says you'll never stumble. But the original Greek literally gives an inference of you'll never stop progressing. Yeah. And, and the rest of the verse tells where. For there shall be open to you in abundance an entrance into the everlasting kingdom. So that's not talking about us at a salvation experience. Peter is talking to believers and he's saying, listen, man, as you add things to your faith and as you're diligent in your purpose, uh, your position will be found out by what your purpose is, and you're diligent in your calling and your election. You're, you're never going to stop progressing in the kingdom because we've got these keys. And for some reason, uh, you know, for years, I mean, I, you know, I'm a third generation preacher's kid on one side of the family, and and all these years we talked about these keys of the kingdom, and then never dawned on us that there must be some doors. You know that that, that we 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 don't just come to the door, Jesus. Yeah. You know, because really, kind of how the gospel uh, has been presented in a lot of places, and and in in a lot of my life growing up, and preached it for several years until I began to understand this, is that you come to the door, Jesus is the door, and, and we preach this big, beautiful red door, and I like to explain it like this: it's like it's like having a Krispy Kreme donut shop, and there's there's the most ridiculous donuts on the planet on the inside, and the hot now button comes on. 
and there's this big red door. And all you do is, is you, you do a commercial and you say, come to Krispy Kreme Donuts and come to our door. You know, I mean, just, and all you talk about is the door. And, and we need to preach Jesus. He's the point. He's the door. But once people come in the door, there's some donuts on the inside, man. There's, man, there's this amazing kingdom. Yeah. And, and, and it's not a kingdom that's boring. There's full of doors to unlock. There's, there's authority he wants to release through us. He's, that, that once we enter the kingdom, we never stop entering the kingdom. It's like in the, in the book of Acts where after the scripture says that Jews came and they stoned Paul. And then it said believers gathered around him and they raised Paul from the dead. And then, and then Paul went on teaching, I think it said Lystra, Iconium, different places. And he taught, uh, he taught them, you know, I preached a message years ago called Ben Stone lately, you know, and normally, you know, normally it's by religion. Religion yeah. stones you more than the world does. But then Paul, after that experience, he says he went into those cities preaching with much tribulation Shall we enter the kingdom? Well, you know, he wasn't saying that, you know, I've got to, I've got to die and, and, and be beat up in order for me to get into heaven. What he was saying is, you know what, man, when you're, when you're moving forward in the kingdom, there's times there's going to be attack on your life, but, but you keep moving forward. You know, you're, you're continually progressing yeah. in revelation. You're continually moving forward. And, and I think what we've done a lot of times is we've preached Jesus the door, and we need to. He's the doorway into the kingdom. Without Jesus, there's no purpose for the kingdom at all. I mean, it's crystal-centric, it's Christological. I mean, he's my favorite thing to talk about. But then it's like we get in the door. We get in the doorway of the kingdom. We're sitting in the lobby. And, and, and then, you know, depending on what kind of church you come from, a lot of people, that's all they were taught. Okay, now you're saved. You're in the lobby. And then you sit there for 20 years uh, in the lobby, and, and you start to get pretty bored because then they're not teaching you uh, about anything in the kingdom, they're just teaching you how to pretty much stay in the lobby. You mm-hmm. know, just this is what this is what will let's keep maintain you maintain your lobby. Exactly. Yeah, let's yeah. Take, let, you know, and we produce lobbyists. You yeah. know? <laughs> and, and but but then then the Pentecostal church came along and began to teach. Okay, in the lobby there's also a well, and and you can take a drink. You know, and all of a sudden they hear about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they take a drink uh, in the lobby, and all of a sudden you know. Woo, you know, hatatasha, and you know, all of a sudden, you know, I mean, they got prayer language flowing, and hallelujah. And then the Pentecostals taught, okay, now you're in the lobby, now you're full of the Holy Spirit, now sit down and wait for the rapture. Yeah. You know, and and it was pretty much, you know, and and, and the truth is not that we're not going to be caught up. You know, I mean, uh, the, the 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 moment we got saved. You know, we, we, got we, we got caught up, man. I mean, we're, we're in heaven already, you know. Yeah. I mean, we don't die when we someday and go to heaven. You know, when, when we believed, when we Jesus were died, we, yeah. we were translated. But, but it's that whole thing of, I think what happens, and I, I've seen this more over, over in the last 20 years, where people have literally said, we're bored out of our skull. Yeah. Because what happens is after you've sat in the lobby long enough, every time someone new walks through the door, uh, they start peering back outside saying, you know what, I had more fun when I was out there because I'm bored out of my mind yeah. sitting here in the lobby. And that's where the, the message of the kingdom is there's this amazing kingdom life uh, for us to live in that's better and greater than just sitting here being saved waiting to go to heaven. Yep. Man, I, I tell you, that ought to help somebody sitting out there today. And, and uh, you know, uh, that God has put dreams in your heart. He's put things in, in your, your life that uh, you know you're called to do to make your eyes light up. and and. Uh, Maybe you're stuck in, in, in something that's not making your eyes light up. It, it might be time for a change. Uh, we're just going to believe God that, that you'll be able to just 
rise up and say, hey, I'm going to take these keys, unlock some doors, and step into a new dimension of what I believe God really called me to do. It's yes, never sir. too late. Uh, thank you for joining us today. We've just about run out of time. Come back. We're going to continue this conversation. Uh, tell your friends about us, and if you've missed any of it, you can go to YouTube and watch it uh, anytime at your leisure, or you can uh, go to our podcast at iTunes and download it. If you've enjoyed it today and you want to give something towards it, call that number on the screen or send a check or money order to the address you'll come on the screen. Your partnership is what makes us able to take the gospel of the kingdom around the world. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. For anyone struggling to understand John's writings in Revelation, this book provides true, biblically-based answers. Through detailed insights into the letters John wrote to the seven churches of his day, you will learn how to avoid the mistakes of the early church to overcome today's trials and tribulations. This book will provoke you to thought and dialogue, bringing greater clarity and revelation of Jesus Christ.